Craft Beer Radio, episode 12, September 5th, 2005. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And this is Jeff Bear. This week is episode two of our Oktoberfest edition. Yeah, episode part, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, wrapping up the style Oktoberfest. Yep. Last week we discovered that Jeff likes Oktoberfest now, more so than he did it before. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite styles, but I found it enjoyable and cool. I could definitely see that I'd like to eat it, especially with German food. Mm, Drink it with yeah, German yeah. food. Well, what will Jeff discover this week? I don't know. <laughs> Find we'll out. This week we're going to be doing some more American Oktoberfest. Right. And maybe a uh, out on the road That's evaluation. our plan. I mean, you'll hear it if we do it, which is we plan to go out to where they have Spotten on tap, which hopefully will be a better experience than what we had last week, and mix that into the show. What's uh, up in news okay. this week? News. There's this hurricane. Yeah, I heard about that. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Yikes. So I We guess hope that uh, everyone's okay. All of our listeners who may have family down there or friends, we hope they're all okay. My uh, my sister used to live down in New Orleans, and um, fortunately everyone she knows is okay down there. I'm sure everyone knows this, but if you've been living under more of a rock than me and you want to give money, you should give it to the American Red Cross. Right. It'll get your money there the fastest and the least overhead taken out. All right, we I found a little report on some breweries mm-hmm. in the hurricane affected regions, and it was, I mean, it's only breweries; it's not people's lives, right. so it's not as important as that other stuff. But it is interesting, so I thought we'd bring it up. It's scary how many breweries no one knows what happened to. They haven't been able to get in touch because there's just no phone infrastructure down there, no wow. nothing. Yeah, it's just gone. So the Abita Brewing Company, they have minor damage, but they're without power. Right. Which the, st- the staffers are okay, but they have 6,000 barrels of beer that's spoiling because they don't have power, and they will have to be dumped. You know, uh, all things considered, that's, that's nothing. fine, yeah. Yeah, 6,000 barrels is nothing, but yeah. it's just something to report. The other brewery that they heard from was the Gordon Biersch Brewery and Restaurant. Some broken windows, but there was no looting. All personnel was evacuated safely. Oh, that's good. So, just a little bit of news about two breweries. If you want to find more information, there's a thread on both Beer Advocate and Rate Beer's forums about this brewery update. And you'll find any updates there if you want to find out how these breweries are doing, if they're flattened, if they'll be opening, stuff like that. Hmm. So, uh, Pyramid is doing some more press release stuff. And they sent out something about their new Oktoberfest, which they're called their Pyramid Weizenfest. A new way oh, okay. of celebrating Oktoberfest. Right. Yeah, they're having the Weizenfest, and they're having an October Weizen because, well, they had the press release a couple of weeks ago where they were putting out a whole bunch of new Weizens, right. and they were going to show that Americans love to drink wheat beers. And so why not have a festival? So let's take Oktoberfest yeah. and, and co-op the name a little bit so we can get some more press for our wheat beers. I mean, not only did they co-op the name, they trademarked it, October Weizen. We're not going to read the whole press release because it's kind of ridiculous, but... <laughs> That's basically what they're doing. They're making this Oktoberfest, and they're calling it Oktoberweizen, and, and they're trademarking the name. It's, it's fine for Pyramid to make good wheat beers. Yeah. Oh, no, we have no problem with but, that. And I guess it's kind of okay to have an event to draw attention to it. The big three certainly do their share of, of destroying beer tradition. So 
if some you know if if someone's going to advertise like crazy, might as well be a craft beer. The other news story we had it, it's a uh, good warning story yes. for all you people out there. <laughs> this uh, man was uh, jogging through the woods and he found a six pack of beer, so he decided to drink it. Mm-hmm. But the beer was poisoned with drain cleaner. So he was sick and in the hospital, and the police have no leads. So if you find a six-pack of beer in the woods, don't drink it. Go buy your own. Especially if it's labeled drain cleaner. <laughs> I was really hoping the label, the article would say what kind of beer it was. Yeah, yeah. But no kind of beer I mean, was how do found. you get... I was asking Jeff this before, before we went on the air. How do you get Drano into a six-pack? Well... It, wait, to me, it I mean, a six-pack like is like cans, so they had to be pressurized. Well, it could have been a sixer of bottles, and it sounds to me that it was intentionally done. So someone probably poured the drain cleaner in the beer, recapped them, and put them in the woods. That's quite a way to go to get someone poisoned with Drano. I suppose if you just want to randomly get somebody poisoned, it's one way to do it. Offer so free beer. Beware of six-packs yeah. hiding in the woods. If you see a six-pack in the woods, you might not want to take it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to email. Andre from Toronto has our only entry in pronunciation gate this week, which is that he says when spelled W-I-T-T-E, the pronunciation is more witta than wit. I've heard that before, too. Uh, he was catching up on some older episodes, mm-hmm. so that's why it just came in this week. He also commented on the vit versus wit, versus yeah, wit. Yeah. but this was a new addendum to the whole okay. how to speak Belgian wheat well, beer hey, style, so we we learn every day. Second email, Mark from Philadelphia. Just wanted to say he loves the show. His, we love you too, Mark. His favorite Oktoberfest beer is made by Stouts Brewing Company. So good news, Mark. We're going to be tasting Stouts yeah. tonight. And he also mentioned that he was drinking the Yard Saison during our Saison show, so he was nice and excited to be mm. able to compare those beers side by side. Mike in New Jersey heard us talking about storing beer. He doesn't have an adequate place to store his beer, uh, so he's been storing them in the refrigerator, which is fine. Right. He yeah. wanted to know if storing his uh, West Mall doubles the same out of his triple block, if there was something wrong with storing them in the fridge. And the answer is no. They're fine to store in the fridge. Right. But they're not going to change in condition like they sure. would in the right. cellar. They're going to pretty much stay the same from the day you put them in the fridge to the day you drink them. They're not going to change very much. I had a question because last time in the extras, in the post-show, we drank a can of Guinness that happened to was in your fridge for two years, and that totally, like, essentially disintegrated. Good point. It's Guinness. Yeah. For two years. <laughs> it's not a bottle-conditioned beer. Right. So, I mean, one's like, fresh beers like that will fall apart mm-hmm. over time. Charlie writes, love your show and would like to understand more about Trappist beers. Well, guess Whatever. what, Charlie? Even better, a whole episode. I understand that there's at least six Belgian breweries. Chimay, Orval, Rochefort, Westmall, West Philatron, and Ackle. Yep, well, good news. Our next two shows are going to be Trappist. All shows. six of the ones we just mentioned. Yes. He said he wasn't going to try to pronounce their names and would let us massacre them. Well, I'm yeah. pretty sure I got them all right there. I'm not sure about Ackle. So I'll have to look up the pronunciation. Ackle or HL or HL or... Something like that, yeah. I'll have to look it up. How many styles does each brewery make, he asks? Well, that kind of varies. Yeah, I would say three to four would be a ballpark for most breweries. Mm-hmm. We're going to taste one from each brewer for our shows, and maybe we'll expand it. Who knows? Maybe. Do other monasteries in other countries brew similar beers? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. And there's also the American-Belgian breweries that right. brew Belgian Abbey-style beers. 
Amagang. Amagang brews their double, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. So I just had uh, yesterday I had Anderson Valley's double. Okay, how was that? It's very good. Very oh, good. Cool. They know what they're doing over there. We mentioned that Imperial Stouts were hard to pair with cheese. We were thinking more desserts, chocolate right. like that. He said he couldn't disagree more. It needs to be a good, strong cheese. Expedition Stout with Colton Bessette Stilton or something else with a big, funky blue cheese category. So good. Mm, that's, um, well, you know, I, I'm going to have to give that a shot. You know what? I was thinking not so good either. But today at lunch, we went to Mad Max. And I had some Yeti Imperial Stout, and I had their salad where they have crumbled blue cheese on it. Uh-huh. I get the blue cheese dressing. And it went together pretty well. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. It didn't taste how I thought it would taste together. So, So Casey was right. Wow. I mean, because I would normally think chocolate and blue cheese, and they those two tastes wouldn't go together. But I guess the roasted taste sort of complements it more yeah. than becomes sweet. Oh, well. Cool. And our last email that we're going to go over this week is, I believe his name is Yop. Right. From the Netherlands. He's listened to our podcast and a few other American beer shows and noticed some descriptions of flavors which he wouldn't expect to find in beer. What kind of things do we put in beer over here, he wants to know. Mm-hmm. He asked in particular about the smoky flavor that mm. we were talking about in a couple episodes. They actually smoke the grains, right? Yeah. The, some of the beers, like the Alaskan Smoke Porter and the Stone Smoke Porter, mm-hmm. they smoke the barley malt. Over a smoker, so it gives that smoky flavor right. into it. Then there's the other beer that I know we talked about that had a smoky flavor in probably one of our pre-shows was the Allagash Double. Oh, okay. And I don't believe they used any smoked grain in there. Oh, just the sugars or whatever. Just the sugars, the caramelization. The yeast. The yeast. Yeah, just somehow they came together and got a smoky flavor to it. He also noticed that we said that 6% was fairly high for alcohol. And he got the impression that everything... Well, everything in Belgium and the Netherlands where he's from seems to be 8, 9, 11%, somewhere around there. And he was wondering if things were that different over here. I think he heard us say 6% was high when we were talking about session beers. Okay. Right. Session beers like an English bitter where it's designed to be 3 or 4%. You're supposed to drink it all night long. There are plenty of strong beers over here in America as Absolutely. well. We don't all think that 6% is high. It's just when we're talking about certain styles. <laughs> That does it for email. Do we have any business this week? No, I didn't really have anything for business. Um, again, voting was reset on Podcast Sally. So if yeah. you'd like to send us a vote, that'd be great. Be great. It would encourage other people to listen to the show, too. Exactly. And um, that's pretty much it. And uh, donate to uh, Hurricane Katrina if you can. Or donate to the Red Cross. Not, don't, not, don't, don't donate to the hurricane because that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on. What beer? Am I? That was um, lovely. For last week's What Beer what Am I? The beer was Flag Porter. Flag Porter. Now, I had never heard this story, so it was very interesting. Yeah, I got a couple comments on people commenting about the, the history, and they liked that we picked that beer because of the backstory behind it. So, the people that got it right was Corey, Mike, Ryan, Mike, Ed, Mike, and Don. Congratulations, all of you. Okay, this week's beer, we got two clues here. We'll see if anyone can get it. Okay. I am an American wheat ale. American wheat ale. I am named after a fictional cat. Hmm. Named after a fictional cat. So if you... This is not Fritz the Cat's wheat ale? No, it's not okay. Fritz the Cat wheat ale. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know. And um, this should be, I assume, a little bit harder than last time. 
We'll see. We'll see. If people know the story behind the beer, it'll be yeah. easy. You know, there might be 10 people out there. Oh, I know it right yeah. now. But if you don't know the backstory, you're not familiar with the beer, then it could be pretty tough to figure it out. Okay. Well, that's what beer am I for this week. And so we move on very quickly to our beer of the week, which is, again, Oktoberfest. The Martzen-style lager from Germany brewed for the Oktoberfest festival. Right. If you want more information and you didn't listen to last week's show, I strongly recommend you go back there. I don't want to rehash everything right. we went over about the October Festival and the Oktoberfest style this week. It bore everyone else. So go back and check out episode 11. And uh, we're going to pull our uh, beers out of the fridge and give them about five minutes to uh, warm up, and then we'll be back. Okay, the first beer we're going to taste tonight is Stout's Oktoberfest from Stout's Brewing Company, Adamstown, Pennsylvania. This is, uh, we. what have we had before from Stout's? We had the Stout's Pilsner and the Imperial IPA. Right, the Stout's Pilsner was, I think, the one that tasted like peanut butter. It might have been. <laughs> Which was interesting. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just... You know what? I had the Stout Pills a couple weeks ago, and I did. I got no peanut butter out of it on, on tap. So. I wonder, yeah, it must have been something in the bottle or something... But uh, I, I kind of enjoyed that flavor. But anyway, this is a 5.0% alcohol, so just 5% on the, on the line. 13.7% uh, Play-Doh for their gravity. And they have an annual production of 10,000 barrels. So relatively medium microbrew. Make it sound like you can drink 10,000 barrels. <laughs> and this is pouring, you know, this is nice uh, amber, clear... With uh, a dare, small head. Dare you say copper? Copper. Copper is a good color. I'm getting sort of just make a small malty uh, aroma out of this, but not much there. Not really much in the way of aroma at all. It, it's malty, but it, it's not very powerful, just like you said. Yeah, throw it around a little bit to really to get something to come up from it. And it tastes actually kind of thin. It has a medium light mouth yeah. feel. It has a multi flavor to it. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's Oktoberfest. Of course it's multi. I'm getting a little bit of that sort of metallic taste that you talked about last time. Right down the middle. I'm not. Really? See, I'm not tasting it. No, I'm, taste, I'm getting a little bit of... Um, I want to say caramel, but they're not supposed to be too much caramel in this kind of beer. It's not hmm. supposed to taste that way. I'm getting a little bit of, um, I wouldn't call it caramel, but sort of a a dark brown sugar flavor okay. near the back of my tongue. But I'm definitely getting still some of that lager metallic taste that you talked about last time, which we got from the uh, Pen Pilsner. Okay. So or not Pen Pilsner, the Pen uh, Oktoberfest. Right. But it's not bad. But it does have a little bit of that sort of... I don't know what you'd call that, but there's American-style lager yeast, maybe? That's what it is? That brings that around? It it could be. In the, uh, the BJCP style guide for the style, it says, Noticeable caramel or roasted flavors is inappropriate. I think I'm tasting a little bit of it. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it does taste bad, but it's, it's not quite yeah, it's not, not quite fitting for the style. It's uh it's a little bitter. But and I think the the thin mouth feel with the with the high carbonation kind of tends to accentuate that a bit. If I remember right, the beers we had last week, most of them finished drier than this right. beer. This beer doesn't finish very dry. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. It's not really making much of an impression on me, I have to say. I would find it drinkable, but it, it's not exciting me. It's, oh, I think I just used drinkable. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, it is... How would you rate it on the drinkability scale? Drinkability scale. The one to five. Um, I would put it right down the middle, two and a half. Because so. drinkable is much better if you, if you make it into a scale. Yeah. I can't imagine that um, it would fit as well with food as the Hacker Shore did, which is yeah. our best one. Yeah, I um, I can't say I'm that big a fan of this one. Unfortunately, I know... Uh, who was it who recommended that? Let me take a look. at Mark in Philly... I don't know if I would agree with you this is an exceptional Oktoberfest, but it's certainly a drinkable one, certainly one that um, if, there was, if it was Bud and and, and uh, Coors on the tap, I would definitely pick this one. It's not my favorite stout beer, that's for sure. Yeah, I would probably like this better than the Scarlet Lady. I don't think I've had the, the Scarlet Lady. The, uh, the ESB. ESB. Oh, yeah, did we? We might have. I don't remember if we had that one or not. Hmm. But I've had it other times. If I, I've had some stout stuff is really good, but this doesn't excite me all that. Although you know, it got better as I as I drank it. The the last sip I just had was a little bit better. Okay, a little bit um, more. The flavor kind of came through, and less of the uh, that twinge. I wonder if they changed the recipe at all because they have a different label and a new name than they have on the, the beer websites that I've been looking at. It used to be just called Stouts Fest, and it was an orange label. With a circular picture of a guy holding a tuba. Hmm. And now it's called South's Oktoberfest. And the label has the blue and white diamond checks. And it's a whole profile of the guy with a stein in the tuba. So I guess changed it's the possible. label and the name. They might have changed the recipe, too. Well, that was uh, South's Oktoberfest. We're moving along pretty quickly in this show. Well, then we have plenty of time to get to the bar That's to check true. out the spotting. Uh, our next beer is... Brooklyn, Oktoberfest beer. Brooklyn is uh, one of our favorite breweries. Makes some great stuff. Probably the best brownie I've ever had. And really good uh, Imperial Stout that I know Jeff isn't that fond of, but I like a lot. Which is their black chocolate stout. I don't dislike that Imperial Stout. I just like a more aggressive Imperial Stout. That one's pretty traditional. Brooklyn, this is 5.5%. Available September to October, but uh, we bought it in August, so make from that what you will. <laughs> uh, BrooklynBrewery.com is their website, and they have an annual production of 35,100 barrels there. They moved 100 up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. The uh, reason it's probably out earlier, I saw on one of the message boards, the brewmaster from Brooklyn, Garrett Oliver, said he had to release the black chocolate stout earlier because oh, yeah, other people... Well, no, no. This was for uh, the black chocolate stout because other people were doing it earlier, and he has to keep up with the Joneses for him to get tap spaces. I see. If he waits until the traditional time, the imperial stouts are already going to be on tap, and it's going to be filled out. So, the whole seasonal might have got bumped up a I month see. or so. So this could have got bumped up early too, so make, to make sure he got on the tap handles. Much more of a traditional Oktoberfest aroma I'm getting from this one, with that that sort of malty breadiness. And it's rising up very nicely out of the beer. And again, the, the look is a, is a dark copper, very clear. Mm. That has a more straightforward malty with a, with a thicker mouthfeel than the stouts. It feels fuller than the stouts. 
has a more multi-beginning to it. And it, I'm still trying to figure out what it's doing in the middle to the end. It, it has an interesting, you get a little bit of the bitterness, and it's, uh, I need to figure it out. It's interesting, that's uh, for sure. I mean, you get a lot of stuff right on the front of your tongue, and then as it fades back, it kind of gets almost, hmm, yeah. yeah see, it's hard to describe, but it's doing something different there. It's it like feels it's, like it's pulling flavor back, but you can't quite taste it. I don't know how else yeah. to describe it. It's not just a beer that's going down your throat. It's There's something other there, some other character there, that's very hard to describe. Maybe we'll get the words for it soon, yeah. since we are a radio show. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think even a video would really describe this very well. No, probably not. I also think a video of two guys drinking beer would be pretty boring. <laughs> Speaking of a video of guys drinking beer, I just watched a copy of American Beer on DVD. What'd you think? <clears throat> I thought it was a pretty good show. For those not familiar, American Beer is a documentary made by some guys. They rented a minivan, they hopped in the van, and they visited 38 breweries in 40 days. They started in New York, and they went up to Maine and visited breweries all in the Northeast, and then they headed out to California, stopping along the way and up to Seattle, and they finished up in Louisiana. You said before, you mentioned that one of the things they did is they got drunk a little bit too much on the show. Yeah, I mean, for for my opinion, they did it to promote craft beer, and it's a good movie. You'd see a lot of breweries. But they did get drunk an awful lot, and mm-hmm. there was a fair amount of the show watching the guys in the watch in their hotel rooms, not wanting to get up the next morning. Okay, I mean, I guess when you go out, you know, when Larry Bell takes you out for one beer, yeah, one beer turns into many. And what are you going to do? Say no? It seems like they got drunk an awful lot, and a little more than uh, I would care to if I was <laughs> on the show, if I was doing the tour. But it certainly takes some uh, willpower to to drive. Uh, how many miles did they say they did? Like almost 12,000 miles in 40, 38 days. And <laughs> As is typical, as is a warm-up, they're starting, some tastes are starting to come out a bit more. The end sort of seems to sort of stick on the roof of your tongue, roof of your mouth a bit. And there's just this kind of multi, hmm, multi-effervescence that's still remaining behind. I like this one. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. On the drinkability scale, it, it ranks a high. <laughs> This one would uh, go really well with a uh, nice bratwurst. It's still a little... It's not as dry as I think the Hacker Shore was. Mm. And I really liked how it finished really dry. Yeah. It's still, one still definitely finishes a little bit on the wet side. But I like the thicker mouthfeel. I could see this going okay with food, but it, to me, that Hacker Shore, I took a sip and I'm like, ooh, I can taste some yeah. sauerkraut and bratwurst. But this, I'm not getting that, but it could just be the day. Let's go well with the cheesesteak. I would have to get some food and try it, I guess. I'm like, right now, <laughs> I feel like I'm not on my A game today. You, you look a little depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, add good comments, but I just don't feel like I'm on my A game today. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm tasting. I'm tasting a good beer. Hats off to Brooklyn again. Garrett knows what he's doing. Yeah, when absolutely. He, he likes making the traditional style beers. He doesn't do anything that, that's a aggressive American you know, over the top, he sticks with the tradition for every beer style he makes. Gotta say, it's working. Our last beer in the studio is the Victory Oktoberfest. This is Victory from Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Victory Fest beer is the title of this one. Okay. Victory Fest beer. 
and a nice, interesting label where there are two guys doing something. In a and they're uh, stirring the mash tun. Ah, yes, indeed. They're not churning butter; they're stirring a mash tun. So this is five point six percent alcohol by volume. Victory. We don't have annual production, but they're well known for their Hop Devil, among other things, uh, Storm King Imperial Stout, Prima Pills, which is an excellent pilsner. Trying to get some more aroma out of this one. These beers have all been a little bit more subtle in terms of aroma. Yeah, this one smells similar to the Brooklyn, I would say. Yeah, but... So you're getting a little bit of the malty gritty. I'm getting a little bit more hoppiness out of this one. One interesting thing about Victory is for all their beers, they use all whole flower hops. Okay, they so don't pellets use, right They don't right use now. pellet hops. A lot of breweries use pellet hops. Pellet hops are ground up, and they're packed into little pellets. It helps them stay fresh longer, and they take up less space for shipping. These big bales of whole hops that Victory uses takes up more space, and they, they get stale sooner. But Victory does all whole hops for all their beer. You, you, you notice that in their different styles. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a, a more significant hoppy smell out of this than, than any of the other Arturofessi tried. Let me try to taste it. By the way, it's a you know it's a it's a lighter a lighter copper, more of a tan. Yeah, it's slightly lighter than the yeah. other two, but it's still it's still an orange copper color. That's interesting. I mean, the hoppy flavor is coming through more, and it's kind of playing down the malty aspect, which I don't know if that's right for the beer, for the style. Take a look at the style guy here for a second, because. That's, this is probably the most different of all the, the, the beers we've had. M- much more flavor on the sides of your tongue. The, the front of your tongue almost isn't used, it seems. And the back of your tongue is getting some, some of the malty remains. It doesn't say much about hoppy. This is certainly one of the hoppiest Oktoberfests that we've had. Finishes fairly dry. Very dry, I'd say. It's a lighter mouthfeel than the Brooklyn, but I think a little bit stronger than the Stout's. But it, it, it's different. It really is different. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's not really to the traditional style. I think it's missing some of the malty on the front end of the mm. flavor. I mean, the maltiness is there, but it just seems like the hops tend to overshadow it a bit. Getting some of that bitter hoppiness near the back, still in the back of your tongue. And the front, like I say, the front of your tongue is almost not used. You don't really get any flavor there. Yeah, you don't get that initial fullness. When you drink the, the sweet malty like the Brooklyn... Right on the front of your tongue, when you take a sip, it feels really heavy and full. And this doesn't really have it. You feel it more around the sides right away, and it's more bitter when you first take a sip of it. Oh, one more piece of business, I yes. guess we can say now. The survey is still running. Yes. We're going to do another week or two okay. to get some more votes. The For those that aren't aware, on our website, we have a survey that you can fill out. It's getting a little bit of demographic information about you. If you put in your email address, which is optional... We're going to have a drawing and give away some beer to three different people. So I'll give you a little incentive to fill it out. Victory beers are available in Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, and Oregon, but they're coming soon in Indiana, Washington, Wisconsin, Ohio, Virginia, Maryland, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. So look for it if you're in those states. This is tasty, really tasty, especially someone who, like you, is a hop head, I imagine. You're, yeah. you're enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I enjoy the flavors for it. I think uh, I would like this one with food a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would go really well, but I'm not sure if it would go really well with the traditional Oktoberfest beer. I'm thinking more of something cheesy, something Mexican or uh, Italian. Yeah, I was actually thinking uh, probably go pretty good with pizza or quesadillas. So when you both said cheesy yeah. and Mexican, I'm like, yes, yeah, those, those are both things on top of my head. 
a lasagna. Never thought of drinking beer with lasagna. Why not? <laughs> I ain't no exactly why not. But <laughs> I've never I've never once thought lasagna. What can I pair with that? If never. you're gonna drink it with a pizza, I mean, all you're doing is substituting the bread for pasta, mm. which is another type of bread. More right, or absolutely. Less. But when you said that, it just popped in my head. I've never tried to pair <laughs> any kind of beer with lasagna. Mm, that was good. Boy, this is going to be a tough one because in terms of judging these, I think our number one beer is obvious. But our two and three aren't necessarily because one seemed a little bit lackluster for the style and the other one just seemed to totally not be the same style. Yeah, I mean, from the BJCP style sheet here, they kind of disregarded and got a little too hoppy for the style. Right. Let's not keep secrets. Yes. Brooklyn... Brooklyn is number one. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn was the best American Oktoberfest that we've had in these two shows. How do you think it rated compared to the Hacker Shore and the Cost Rights? I say it was number two. I think it was the Hacker Shore was our favorite. Yeah, yeah. the Hacker Shore was still the best. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I still like the Hacker Shore the most because it had full malt and it finished dry. Right. Because Brooklyn didn't finish quite as dry. But I think I like this better than the Cost Rights, sir. Right. I agree. But so I like the cost structure better than these other two in terms of Oktoberfest. You know, I probably enjoyed the victory more than I did the stouts, but the stouts is more in the style. So take from that what you will. Let's see. Enjoyability on both shows combined. I would say Hacker Shore, Brooklyn, Victory, Cost Reitzer, Stouts, Penn. Yes. I, I agree with that 100%. That's exactly okay. the way I'd, I'd, I'd mount them. Wow, that's a lot of beers for us yeah. to both agree with completely. <laughs> I, I'd have to try the Kostreitzer again to know if I would switch the Victory and the Kostreitzer. But I think I'd do Victory over Kostreitzer. It's hard to say. I enjoyed the Victory. The Kostreitzer, there were certain things about it I didn't care for as much. So even not remembering fresh in my memory taste to taste i just remember as an overall impression i like drinking yeah. the victory better even if you were judging it per style the cost tricer would come in ahead sounds good all right looks like we got plenty of time <laughs> we do have plenty of time what, what what's our time on the show right now 39 it's gonna be a short show like i expect it to be a, a, a shorter show the spot let's go to mad max and do the after show there Okay, we are here at Mad Max, and we have two drafts of Spotten Oktoberfest. Yeah, I'm not noticing any of that skunky smell at all, really. Yeah, it has a has a very malty aroma. One of the sweetest smelling ones that we've had so far. And it's hard to tell exactly what the uh, look of it is because it's a little bit of a dark room here where we're drinking this. But it's that amber color with a small head, like most of the other Oktoberfests, so... We're sharing a microphone here, and Greg doesn't have a monitor, so if he's yelling, that's why. If you talk normal, Greg, you're coming across fine. So, The flavor on this, it's very malty, and it finishes dry, so it fits the style there. It has a little bit of a metallic finish to it, don't you think? Um, I wasn't tasting that until you said something. Now I'm tasting a little bit, but I'm enjoying this one. I think this is... This is a good Oktoberfest, and I'm glad that we were able to try it without having the skunkiness there. Yeah, it's definitely a lot fresher tasting. And the actually, the metallic, you know where it might come from? My second sip, I could really taste the noble hops in it. Yeah. 
I, I think I, I taste more hoppiness than I do metallic stuff, and I think that maybe you may be able to say that some of that metallic taste comes from that hoppiness, that hop presence. I think we might have just figured that out. It really seems that this is really fresh noble hop flavor. And I could see where when the noble hops aren't fresh, it could get lend to that metallic flavor. Yeah, because it, it's, it has this sort of drying effect. And the spiciness of noble hop tends to sort of lead, I guess, almost to a metallic taste if, like you say, it's not totally fresh. So I see where that's coming from, where this is fresh. And you, you sort of see where that comes from, but you don't really taste it being totally metallic. This is good. I still think the Hacker Shore rates a little bit better, but this is, uh, I think I like this better than Brooklyn. I, I think so, too. I think this fits the style as as well as you can really fit it, and I'm really glad that we get a chance to try it like that. Yeah, we got whole pints this time, so we got yeah. more to more to pontificate on than we normally do. I mean, the big question is, what do we get for our next beer? Because we're going to do the after show afterwards, so what's next? I know exactly what I'm getting. Imperial Stout, I think that's that's tops on my list. Like you said, it was really good. Yeah, I had the Yeti Imperial Stout. I came here for lunch today with my wife, and uh, ooh, it jumped to the top of my favorite Imperial Stouts. It has a whole bunch of hoppy, alcoholic sweetness to it. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of everything. It, it's wonderful. Cool. It's at nine percent. It's not quite as high as some of the other ones, like the Czar. It tastes a lot like the Czar, but it doesn't have. It's a couple points less than the Czar is. Sounds good. They they do have a nice uh, select here. Mad Max is a um, restaurant uh, owned by a small conglomerate here in Pittsburgh, that, and they offer a lot of really good drafts, a lot of uh, craft beer drafts. They have several different restaurants, and they all have different number of drafts. It all depends on the space they have in the cooler to dedicate to it. This one has uh, 18 or so, and they're all craft beer. They don't have any macros on tap. They have... Uh, yes, they do. They have no Oh, yeah, okay, I didn't see it up there. They have Miller Lite on tap, and that, I asked them before. That's because they have a contract with Miller Lite, yeah, so they have, to. They have uh, Sam Adams and Guinness, but every other beer up there is smaller in craft import than that. Um, well, I guess Sam Adams is considered, a, uh, and they're, they're, they make good stuff. Bex, though, would Bex be considered? You're right, they normally don't carry Bex. This is the first time I've ever seen it there. So, eh... It could be a lapse in judgment from the bar manager. She's uh, she's still learning. I'm trying to guide her along with the other beer geeks here. <laughs> I noticed that our, our server was uh, very uh, into the beer. He seemed to know what he was talking about. He works for Vincini's, our distribu- big distributor here in Pittsburgh. So he uh, he has two jobs, Vincini's and this one. So yeah, he knows a lot about craft beer. Sounds good. I, I really am enjoying this one. I'm glad we ended, uh, ended the show on a, on a good note with a really good just so completely different from the spot and we tasted out of the bottle 110 percent different it's amazing how that skunk taste really just totally transforms a beer and makes it so awful i was reading something the other day about skunk beer about how some brewers apparently go for that skunk flavor and that's why they put it in the green bottles and i was thinking that sounds awful why would you want to do that to a beer and their reasoning was that apparently Americans expect that skunk flavor from European beers, so that since they expect it, they, they transmit it along with it to, to maintain it as a European beer. That just seems like a totally wrong reasoning and a horrible way to, to manufacture beer. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I notice as I drink this that that really strong noble hop flavor we're getting, it's subduing now. My tongue's getting used to it, and I'm not tasting it quite as much. Yeah, I, I, really, uh, I really do enjoy this one. And the, you got that malty presence in the middle of your tongue. really dries as soon as it gets out of, of your mouth. It leaves behind sort of a lingering bitterness from the hops and a little, little, little bit of lingering, uh, lingering maltiness, but it's all just sort of staying, residing in the middle of your tongue. It's not really flaring out anywhere else. It's a good, great example of Oktoberfest. Yeah. I, I think that we'd have to recommend you get this on tap if you can, because if you find it in a bottle, especially if you're in America and they have green bottles, it's not going to be that good. Well, it's going to be hit or miss. You're not going to yeah. know if it's fresh or not. I mean, if you have under fairly good authority that it's relatively fresh, it's been stored in a cool, dark place, then it could be this good. But if it's anything like the bottle we had, I mean, we poured it out. We couldn't even finish it. It tasted so bad. I would like to try the Hacker Shore on tap. That sounds like the tap is really great. I wonder if it's even better. If it would be even better the Hacker Shore on tap than it is in the bottle. It could be. You know, this is kind of a fun little thing. I think we might start doing this more often. We should hopefully get two microphones instead of just one. <laughs> so that was Oktoberfests. Yes. Uh, Hope you enjoyed these two shows. I had we did. fun relearning the style and learning that I actually don't hate this style. I had a lot of fun drinking lots of great beer. Please go vote for us on Podcast Alley if you don't mind. It's a new month, so if you haven't voted yet in September, votes have been reset and we could use your help all over again. Next week, Trappist Beers, the first of two shows on Trappist Breweries. Next week, we will taste the vaunted Westphalatron 12. Yes, the best beer in the world. We're going to give it a shot. It's been burning a hole in my cellar and I can't (laughs) hold it off anymore. These six Trappist Breweries, we have one beer from each. We're going to drink over two shows. Check out our website, craftbeerradio.com. If you haven't listened to our extras feed, you should go check it out. If not for Greg and I just BSing about whatever comes to our minds. Which is fun. We think it is fun, at least. We posted an interview with Scott Smith of East End Brewing Company there. It's a really good interview. You should check it out. All right. Well, we will see you next week. This is Jeff Bear. This is Greg Weiss. And we'll catch you later or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you next week on Craft Beer Radio. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is Lameface by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Craft beer